0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the September 3rd, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephron Jocene. And, ladies and gentlemen, one thing that's a constant throughout history is older people not understanding young people's technology. I remember I once saw, this was from, I think, the 1850s, a principal complaining that kids these days, they can only write on paper. They can't write on traditional slates anymore. Uh, (laughs) It was once warned that novels would be the destruction of our civilization. When Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs came out, eye doctors actually advised patients not to see it, because looking at animation for that long could harm your eyes. And nowhere is this any more clear than the war on vaping. And by the way, I'm not immune to this, Okay, even though I am fairly young. Um, I look at, like, OnlyFans or Snapchat. I still have no idea how the hell to use Snapchat. I've had one because a friend told me to get one, like, a year ago, and I still have no idea how to use it, and I've been using it. I don't have an Instagram. I do, however, stick up for technology. I am anti-Luddite. And so, as such, we're seeing more war on vaping. Attorney General Ferguson files lawsuit against Juul for targeting underage consumers in its advertising product design. And this is from Washington State. It's targeting vaping. Attorney General Bob Ferguson today filed a consumer protection lawsuit against e-cigarette company Juul. Ferguson's lawsuit filed in King County Superior Court asserts Juul violated the State Consumer Protection Act by designing and marketing its products to appeal to underage consumers and deceiving consumers about the addictiveness of its product. E-cigarettes are literally just nicotine. Like, they are, yeah, they are very, very addictive. Everybody knows that. Everybody does. Who's claiming they aren't addictive, sir? I, I would like to know. Uh, Jules' unlawful conduct fueled a persuasive, a persuasive and staggering rise in e-cigarette use and nicotine addiction among youth. Okay, okay, that can be a problem. It should be noted, though, that in the United States, it's illegal to buy e-cigarettes. Um, and I think it, I don't know if e-cigarettes were. A part of the tobacco age raise thing from last year. But you know what? Let's say they aren't. Let's say it's still 18 to buy cigarettes. You still have to be 18 years old to buy e-cigarettes. Okay? So right there, any marketing they're doing to children might as well just be wasting money. Okay? They are wasting money. Because if a child is going to do something like smoke e-cigarettes, Um, When it's illegal, they're going to do that no matter if you will advertise to them or not. I'm sorry, that's just true. Okay? People either are going to do something or they aren't. This is why prohibition is utter nonsense, by the way. Because the vast majority of the time, people do not base their decisions off of the law. They base their decisions off of what they want to do. And if they don't want to do something that's illegal, they'll use the law as an excuse. Especially among younger people. Uh, tell me, tell me, are you also going to sue alcohol companies? Because kids drink underage all the time. That happens regularly. You gonna sue them? I assume not. But this new thing comes up called Juul, and you're scared of it. Uh, in addiction... Ferguson's lawsuit asserts that Juul failed to meet Washington's tobacco vapor product licensing requirement. Oh, no. From August 2016 until April 2018, every sale of a Juul device in Washington was unlawful. I'm not an expert on that, but I just want to say that's a stupid license. Juul put profit before people, Ferguson said. Wow. I think everyone who quit smoking in part because of e-cigarettes would like to have a word with you to start with. Uh, but you know what, we're talking about children, and a lot of them didn't start smoking until Jules smoking, in quotes, by the way, because e cigarettes have been proven to be 95% safer than regular cigarettes. Okay, so immediately, there's this disconnect between everything, nothing you're saying makes any sense. Anybody who knows actual facts doesn't know where to start with you, because of how absolutely ridiculous that is. Pushing unfair and deceptive marketing strategies appealing to youth. Uh, okay, like what? If the company fueled a staggering rise in vaping among teens, well, I mean, they're going to have to be. If Juul was the first vaping company, then yeah, any amount of their products getting sold to teens would be an increase in vaping among teens. You're not actually proving anything, though, in the slightest. That's a very very easily confirm fact that, yeah, they caused a rise in vaping because they made vaping not popular among teens, but just easily accessible to U.S. consumers. So nothing about this makes any sense in the slightest at all, at all. Nothing about this makes sense. Uh, Jules' conduct reversed decades of progress fighting nicotine addiction. Well, it's not nicotine addiction specifically we were fighting, though. It was tar buildup. Nicotine by itself is not particularly harmful. It's addictive. Yeah, a lot of things are addictive. That doesn't actually mean anything. The food you eat's addictive. That's why you eat it. However... What was making cigarettes specifically dangerous, we were told, apparently that's just not the case anymore, is that they were using that nicotine as a way to get people addicted to something that was very harmful to them. The fact is, cigarettes have over 200 chemicals in them, including rat poison in very small amounts. Nicotine was not giving people lung cancer. Nicotine was not causing them to cough really badly. Nicotine was not screwing up their lungs. Or producing tar. It was a lot. Else within cigarettes. Okay. Nicotine is one of the least culpable culprits. Within. What is in cigarettes. That's considered bad. So no. We weren't just vaguely fighting nicotine addiction. We were fighting teens smoking cigarettes. Because cigarettes were demonstrably. Much more harmful than vaping is. So this is. Utterly nonsensical. And then where where were we? Uh, Jules, can, okay. Uh, I'll read. I'll read a little bit more. Electronic cigarettes, also known as e-cigarettes or vapes, are battery-operated devices that create an inhalable vapor containing nicotine. Jules, small rechargeable e-cigarette device looks similar to a flash drive. No, it doesn't. Well, they even charge in a USB port. Oh no. They are slightly larger than a stick of gum. The devices create vapor by heating up nicotine-infused liquid contained in disposable cartridges known as Juul pods. Um, so, this is utterly nonsensical, and if the state of Washington wants to go along with this, then they are going to do nothing but embarrass themselves, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, time for some good news! This is from Patrick Toomey's Twitter. Patrick Toomey is, of course, someone who worked for the American Civil Liberties Union. Breaking in a long awaited decision, the Ninth Circuit has ruled that NSA bulk collection of Americans' call records was illegal. I, I didn't believe that needed to be ruled illegal until we started actually having that, of course. Uh, so that's good. That's a great victory. Hopefully, we'll get to the point where the entire U.S. Patriot Act is overturned, but. Sadly, we aren't going to be at that point for a little bit longer. The court held that mass surveillance programs violated Section 215 and very likely the Fourth Amendment. Obviously, that's just obvious. The court declined to suppress the resulting evidence, finding that the intelligence officials misled the public and Congress when they said that the NSA's bulk collection program provided important evidence in Mr. Mullen's case. This is a very specific case. I'm not going to give you all the details. You can look at that separately. It's the president I'm actually interested in talking about here. The opinion also contains an important ruling on the government's duty to give notice of secret surveillance, including sweeping spying activities under Executive Order 12333. The court recognized that when the government prosecutes Americans using foreign intelligence services, the Fourth Amendment requires notice. So this is, first off, a great victory for civil liberties advocates. Although, the fact that this is even a necessary victory in the first place is kind of the problem. However, however... At the same time, this doesn't go far enough, in my opinion. It couldn't have gone much farther. But I'm not going to sit here and put my feet up just yet. Just yet. There's still a million more things that we need to get through. But you know what this shows? You know what this shows? You know what I like about this? It shows that, yes, the pro-liberty side can still win every now and again. Because that's the big argument. Oh, libertarianism is dead. They love saying that. It just died one day. As if you can kill an idea. These people have never seen Beaver Vandetta, probably. Uh, (laughs) But now, the point is, that's the argument that, oh my god, civil liberties are dead, especially it started after 9-11 when we had all these new intelligence programs that were supposed to expire in 06 and then they didn't. And now, what we're seeing is kind of this return And I was saying, I told Scott Howard this after the death of George Floyd, that was the beginning of the end of the government as we know it. It was. That was the beginning of the end of the government as we know it. And Donald Trump is desperately trying to hope that's not the case. He's desperately trying to keep that from being the case, including refusing funding to, as he put it, anarchist jurisdictions... Which doesn't even make any sense as a concept. Uh, Keith keeps warning about radicals doing his law and order routine. Did you guys know Bill Barr was also the Attorney General during the Rodney King riots? I mean, I knew that. I knew the Rodney King riots took place during the Bush administration when he was Attorney General. But it never quite hit me until today. And what we're seeing, what the Black Lives Matter protests are, is essentially the modern Rodney King riots. And what happened after Rodney King? Well, we were actually moving in a direction of civil libertarianism. In fact, say everything you will about Bill Clinton, in a lot of respects, he was a very intelligent civil libertarian. Seriously, we were starting to move more in that direction. Okay, we were. Now, mind you, that was complicated and diluted by a bunch of tough-on-crime policies that were pushed through by Republican uh, strategists, however, who just would not give up. Who just would not give up, no matter how much they were told to. Broken window policing causes a problem. The solution of the Republican Party. Just break the window again. I mean, seriously, that's what it comes down to. Um, however... However, what we are seeing is this return to civil libertarianism. Now, that was put on hold after 9-11. When we allowed the Patriot Act, and we allowed the Department of Homeland Security, and we allowed all sorts of frankly unconstitutional legislation, and Antonin Scalia himself even admitted, yeah, this is almost certainly unconstitutional, but a wartime exception, bro. Despite the fact that one amendment, the Third Amendment, specifically has a wartime exception, meaning if it's not in the other ones, it's very clearly implied that they don't have one. But that's a different topic for other time. Wartime exceptions in general are, in my mind, very nonsensical. But we'll talk about that another day. However, as it stands, as it stands, this is the return, this is the beginning of the end. What we are living in right now is the beginning of the end of the concept of statism, of the concept of massive overreaching rule, of the concept of possibly even government itself, or the state itself, depending on what term you want to use. And now we are actually starting to chip away on those old war on terror policies that we talked about repealing for a while, that were supposed to be repealed but just never were. A lot of them just never worked. Never got around to it. Now we have bulk collecting of Americans' call record being declared illegal, and that is a small victory, mind you. There's still tons of other bulk collections of data that are going that's going on, okay, that the National Security Administration can still do. However, however, at the very least, this is starting to push the conversation in the direction of the civil libertarians, which is also what we're seeing a lot more of just in general, of being pushed in our direction with things like a ban on no-knock raids being proposed in Congress and several states actively banning no-knock raids and the police reform done by several states. We are seeing with our own eyes The beginning of the end of the state. Okay? I promise you, maybe not within my lifetime even, but come 200 years from now, the state will not exist in this form anymore. It won't. We'll be in a much more libertarian position. I am going to promise you that right now. Anyway, last story for tonight, put those white pills away. Put those white pills away, dude. You take out white, don't put them away. It's from Associated Press. Video in black man suffocation shows cops put hood on him. Oh God, this is from today. A black man who had run naked through the streets of a western New York city died of asphyxiation. After a group of police officers put a hood over his head, then pressed his face onto the pavement for two minutes, according to the video and records released Wednesday by the man's family. Daniel Prude, March thirtieth, after or died March thirtieth after he'd taken off life support seven days after the encounter with police in Rochester. His death received no public attention until Wednesday, when his family held a news conference and released police body camera video and written reports they obtained through a public records request. Uh, so this is a case where, uh, oh God, oh God, it's happened in Rochester, New York. Um, For those who don't know, there's this fellow, as just mentioned, his name was Daniel Prune, and he was engaging in streaking. If you don't know what streaking is, just run naked across the street. Okay? Now, we can argue, there are some more libertarian of my followers who don't even believe that should be illegal, who believe public nudity should be perfectly legal, and that's not the argument we're having. I'm not going to have that argument right now, because even if you are the biggest crude. Ironic, I know. Uh, the fact is, what happened here was simply unacceptable. So, the police get him. They catch him. Okay? He's streaking, by the way, in New York, where weird shit like this just happens all the time. Okay? This, this is New York City. De Blasio's New York City, and I thought it was some big progressive, uh, Yeah, I thought he was some big Black Lives Matter guy, might I add. Look where that ended up. Uh, But this is New York City, a big city of 8 million people. People do weird shit like that all the time, okay? Police officers in that part of the nation should be used to kind of weird criminals, okay? It should be, I'm sorry, because that just happens there, Hell, I live in a more suburban part of the country. I live in Ohio. Every now and again, I turn on, like, the radio and see a man arrested for trying to have sex with his horse. Yeah, and you know what? If police reacted like, Oh my God, this has never happened before. We need to make an example of him. I I would think that's nonsense as well. I'm sorry, but this is a weird crime done by weird people that's worthy of a fine public indecency is a fine uh, offense maybe a misdemeanor offense not a what the cops did offense let's talk about what they did though so they arrested him which hey he broke the law i'm not going to say if i think it's a good law or not but he broke a law all things considered then then they take a hood or a plastic bag depending on the source and it doesn't really matter because it has the same effect wrap it around his neck and push him to the ground for two minutes straight yeah this reminds me of this is Eric Garner all over again this is literally Eric garner all over again seriously seriously let's let's think about it for a second who was Eric Garner? He was somebody who was killed by the same method choking. Um, specifically because he violated this ungodly minor law. This not-worthy-of-getting-choked-to-death law. In Eric Garner's case, he was selling loose cigarettes without a special tax stamp. Okay? Uh, now, in this man's case, in Daniel Prude's case, it's... Oh my god, he's running naked. again. it's New York City, dude. People don't move to New York City for small town values. Okay? They don't move to New York City and then expect to not see weird shit like that every now and again. They move to New York City usually to see this weird shit. To live a little, to have different experiences than I would get. You think people go to New York City because it's cheap? Hell no. But even then, that's not where the death sentence. And this is quite possibly since Eric Garner. Because ever since Eric Garner, the cases have gotten more and more ambiguous. Uh, With a few exceptions, Tamia Rice was obviously just killed. But hey, he had a toy gun. And those are the kind of not really ambiguous, but I'll pretend they are for the sake of argument, um, level cases. Tamir Rice had a gun, oh my god. So did Philando Castile, after all. Which, by the way, these same people believe we should be able to bring guns into schools, but if a kid has a gun, oh my god. Kelly Loeffler, we covered this at the time, was literally on Fox saying that anarchists had taken over Georgia and it was showing black people with a perfectly legal gun. It was the funniest thing ever and also the most racist thing I've seen in a while. Uh, however, <laughs> now, or, or there were cases where it was just obvious that the police officer wasn't the right. I, for one, do believe Darren Wilson was in the right. I believe the death of Michael Brown, and I agree with the investigations on this, was completely justified. With that said, I do not agree with the people who say there were no issues in the Ferguson police system, a Justice Department report released shortly after determined that, yes, there were. And I do not agree with the people who immediately started looking for every excuse possible to make Michael Brown look bad. However, however, if fair is fair, Wilson was acting in legal self-defense. And the cases we've had so far have been of kind of this variety. Just recently, we had George Floyd, who is, we don't even really know if he died at the police hands. It's more police misuse than it is police brutality, possibly. Possibly. They still kneel on his neck for nine minutes, but that might not have killed him, and that apparently makes a big difference. Then we had Rashad Brooks, okay? And Rashad Brooks, again, was a bad guy. Not going to deny that. Didn't deserve death. He's more of the what the supporters of Michael Brown thought he was. Or, for that matter, what I stand by he was, which was a bad guy. He's of the Aristo Miranda variety. He is. Or Ernesto Miranda. He is a bad guy who still did not deserve what he got. Same thing with Jacob Blake. This man, Daniel Prude. There is no way you can tell me the punishment fits the crime unless you believe in full-on authoritarianism. And maybe you do, in which case, please get out of my nation. However, no, 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 however, just get out of my nation. Uh, the fact is, Daniel Crude did not deserve what the police gave him. Okay? They did not. He simply did not. You know, I remember when the Black Lives Matter movement started. There were all this fear-mongering. The Black Lives Matter movement primarily started after the death of Trayvon Martin, almost a decade ago now, back in 2012. Uh, however, it really got hit into overdrive after Michael Brown and Eric Garner. I remember a lot of people were saying, well, police will just be afraid of being police now. Doesn't seem like that. Seems like they're acting quite possibly even more unambiguous than ever before. Being serious, think about if this were to have happened. During the Rodney King era, there would we would be there would have been a coup. There would have been a goddamn coup. Look at how angry people were after Rodney King riots. Okay, and that was just one example of police brutality, one major example. And now, what we are seeing—if this were to have happened at the time—there would have been a legitimate coup against the government. There is no way around that. That's our show. Good night.